here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. episode of the Brit Rest Roundtable. Uh, we've been gone a little bit because we were gonna cover WrestleMania weekend, but then things happened. We got bogged down in the Champion Carnival, and also Progress didn't upload their shows. So here we are. I'm Ollie Court, and with me today is, of course, Arn Furious. Hello, Arn. Hi. <laughs> but our, our last Scott conversation was on the 12th of February. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, so it's been a while since we've had a regular episode. Obviously, we went to 16 Carat, which was lovely, and we got a lot of good hashtag content out of that. Um, but yeah, back to the grind of <laughs> the regular podcasting. And we because of the whole WrestleMania, I'm not going to call it a debacle, but situation, <laughs> we've got a, a bit of a bumper show. You just did call it you. a debacle. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to talk the Rev Pro show, we're also going to like talk a little bit about the Progress shows, um, but mainly preview Super Strong Star 16, which is coming up next week, uh, as we record, and also mention WXW True Colours, the first major show since, since 16 Carat, which we both watched and really enjoyed, so got lots of stuff to talk about. Um, so There's I think lot, we should... lot of good wrestling been going on. Yeah, <laughs> we're all picking up again after... 16 carat, bit of a lull since, but yeah, WrestleMania weekend's kicked us right back into gear. Uh, so I think we should talk about that, starting with RevPro, I'd say, because I think the big news for BritRest coming out of the weekend is Tomohiro Ishii is our new champion. Yeah, he's, he's our British champion. Yes. I was very happy with this whole show. So I'd, was I. It I'm, was... Very, I'm big on the idea that, that like less is more, and... They had like one of the shortest shows of the weekend. They had like the least number of matches on the card, and mm. it's just it was all killer, no filler. Like everything was good up and down the card, nothing bad. Yeah, only six matches, and like you say, no real filler, nothing that you really want to turn your attention away from necessarily. And all those last four matches, I thought, were really awesome, really a lot of fun. And what WrestleMania weekend is for, putting sort of matches you can't do at any other time of the year because of geography. Everyone's all together in one place, so let's throw out some good matches. Um, and obviously the New Japan linked helped them a lot. Uh, they were unable to use a lot of their regular British wrestlers because of uh, the visa situation, which was uh, the source of another debacle <laughs> after the weekend. Uh, but I well, think the, all, the way all I understand better, really. it, that uh, WWE had paid for certain people's visas, yeah. and because they paid for it, they're like, "Fucking who, who the hell are Red Pro? No, yeah." <laughs> Even though they've used their footage on the award-winning WWE Network, um, apparently the the New Japan link is uh, just too upsetting for them to to cope with. Mm. But it means we got to see Kota Ibushi, Juice Robinson, Tanahashi, and of course Ishii, our new champion, who will defend the title against Keith Lee in May. So this felt like a, a, like a fun show for them, getting all these guys together. But also because Ishii winning beating Sabre Jr., sort of ending quite a quite a long reign for Sabre, and also setting up another match later on. It, it felt, you know, significant for Rev Pro as well. It wasn't just a, a one-off show. Yeah, it was a real meaningful show, and uh, especially with the main event being what it was. Like, Ishii and Sabre wrestled each other uh, twice in uh, New Japan. I think once so, yeah. In, yeah, once in the United States, and once, I 
think in, in the G one. G one, yeah. But they were both like really great matches. So when uh, they booked this, I was like, hey, another really yeah. good match. It was and very logical. <laughs> Sa- Saber battling his way to victory, and that'll be that. But uh, yeah, old uh, Andy Q threw us a, a bit of a swerve with uh, with Ishii coming out with the belt. It's um, it's hell of a move, but they, he's done it before with uh, with Shibata. Yeah. So it's not like completely out of left field. It's it's something that um, he's considers doing all the time. It's like Minoru Suzuki's tag champ at the moment. So it's it's the kind of thing that they're doing as part of their their New Japan friendship. Um, if they lose that, they might be kind of fucked. A little bit, yes. That <laughs> they are leaning very heavily on it right now, but New Japan is very good. Uh, so <laughs> I'm not complaining. I just don't want to go back to the, uh, the the days of just before the the New Japan link when um, mm. it's just say so that the cards weren't quite as good. I wouldn't say so, no. And luckily, I've never really known that era, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it's it's only been upward for me. I'm I'm very lucky. Um, but there was plenty of other great matches on the show as well. I thought Aussie Open once again looked sparkly good against Robinson <laughs> and Tanahashi. Like, being in there with Tanahashi can easily, you know, get swallowed up by his charisma. Um, but they more than matched it. Like, Kyle Fletcher's getting the best damn education in wrestling he can, because we're along with Mark Davis, he's just getting to wrestle all these amazing opponents. He's uh, he's getting to a lot of his career highs when he's, like, 18 years old. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I've wrestled Tanahashi already. Yeah. Uh, but where did he go up from there? Well, tag league, like, baby. We- <laughs> <laughs> well, tag league, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's he's getting a lot of um, exposure at a very young age, uh, but he he seems to have a pretty um, like mature uh, head on his shoulders. So he's not mm-hmm. he's not being a dick about it. Um, and like Aussie Open have have been grinding away on the on the UK yeah. scene. They're starting to show some rewards outside of the UK. I think the um, I was a little disappointed at the reaction for them. The crowd were like way more into the other team here with Tanner and Juice. Um, I I kind of get the feeling that the Americans get to see Tanahashi less than we do. Mm. So him being there is like a big deal for them, especially if you you really can't stand Ring of Honor. <laughs> so you're not going to see him there. So like this could be like a a once-in-a-lifetime for some of the fans that were yeah. in attendance. So I, yeah, I will say RevPro do book the New Japan guys very well for, like, the special attractions that they are. Like, Ishii has been very well built up to become British champion. Like, he's been in so many matches for them coming over. He's faced Bodum, he's, he's faced there, Hero. He? Yeah, <laughs> so it feels very natural for him to represent RevPro in, like, the New Japan universe, to coin a phrase. Poor Josh Bodum. <laughs> he's back in the UK I hear well yeah he would be I I know why and I don't know if I'm allowed to say <laughs> he was doing so well he, ha- he had two very good weeks <laughs> in all Japan before oh Josh why, why do you do this to yourself it just oh, it just infuriates me because he's really talented but he just yeah. keeps like shooting himself in the foot like the whole uh, uh, wrestling cult cup where mm. he, he just didn't bother. Well, he's had to come back to reclaim that, obviously. Uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, oh, it's just so annoying. Moving from tangent to tangent, Kotobushi and Will Osprey. That oh, was yeah. very, very exciting. Getting them in the ring for, I think, the first time. Oh no, the obviously the six man at WrestleCon a couple of not uh, WWN uh, Mercury Rising a couple of years ago. They, but that was a different Will Osprey. This is like superstar level Will Ospreay now so this is kind of like the first time they've met as equals I would say yeah I did a rundown on uh, Will's uh, Wrestlemania weekend and he had like seven matches and f- six of them were over four stars <laughs> um, which is just ridiculous and this was one oh, of yeah. them and they kind of had it easy here as well because as soon as they walked out there Osprey and, and Ibushi they both got these sh- huge pops yeah like and then, the crowd was up for literally everything that happened in this match which, yeah. which just makes it very easy to have fun and when they tagged in at the same time like the noise for it was just like 
the, the crowd would wanted yeah. to see that match. It was just the, the whole way through. There was a load of great wrestling. I thought Flip Gordon in this match was terrific because he had a couple of uh, big spots over the weekend. Didn't shine in all of them, but this one, like I thought, he was really outstanding. This was almost mm. a, like a Flip Gordon match with the Osprey Ibushi uh, encounter being like the headline that took away from like all of his hard work. Yeah, <laughs> Flip's definitely an interesting one because we, as you say, unless you're a big fan of Ring of Honor, we won't really have seen him very much. But he's going to be in Best of the Super Juniors. Like he's he's becoming more part of his bigger stage of wrestling now. Uh, so if he can go on the Osprey diet of keeping your mouth shut about Flat Earth, <laughs> uh, I think he Why could are become so fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> if if he can uh, sort of rehab himself on Twitter, then yeah, I I don't see why not that he can't get to that same level as Osprey because he's definitely got that talent. Yeah, I'd like to see him come over and um, do some stuff in the UK. He's a guy I'd be yeah. interested in seeing. He, well, he was on that uh, the Uprising show that we just never talked about ever because we were both very uh, busy and we weren't very interested in Bullet Club shenanigans. I didn't even know that because I just completely blanked that show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was Kid Lycos's replacement in the CCK uh, Elite okay. match that we, we will never talk about. We'll never see it. No, I, there's no chance I'll ever watch that. No. And also, Minoru Suzuki versus Jeff Cobb. I thought that was a fun extra match on there as well. I thought Suzuki was just fired up for the weekend, and really all year he's been excellent. Uh, and this was another match that suited his strengths, I think, with the more grappling-based fighting. Um, you know, just a fun, logical match, I thought. I was very fond of... Um... Suzuki in this match when he started laughing at uh, Cobb's strikes. Yeah. So he did he did this to Tyler Bate in January only to a much like further degree because he he just mm. kind of I wouldn't say he humiliated Tyler in that match but like he was very disrespectful of his uh, abilities. <laughs> um so he kind of tried to do that to Jeff Cobb and and it didn't quite work the same because Cobb's like a really big burly guy. Um but yeah, it, it was fun. He's he's always fun to watch Suzuki. Yeah, and it's incredible that he's fifty years old. Like <laughs> his body just doesn't look it. Oh, he's and he doesn't wrestle like oh, he's, he's course, almost there. But yeah, it's insane that he's doing that at the age that he's at. Yeah. So a very fun show showcasing the New Japan guys, which I, no other show on the weekend had to that extent. So yes, they're leaning very heavily on the New Japan link, but it's working for them. They did have them on that WrestleCon uh, Super Show, which is also like yeah. a, that was a terrific show as well. There's a lot of good wrestling over Mania weekend, the hot weekend. So, do you want to tell us about uh, progress as well? Um, yeah. Um, did you see uh, Chapter Sixty Six, the Mardi Graps? I haven't show? actually seen any of it right. uh, because I'm. This is incredibly unprofessional of me, but uh, <laughs> I didn't want to shell out the money. <laughs> but they did my, drop my like, eight pounds. Like well late, so I, I yeah, and uh, yeah, I been trying to get through the champion carnival so i prioritized that over mardi gras that's a lot that's a lot of shows as well i feel your pain i've got uh, a, a lot of shows i've kind of borrowed <laughs> jack stevenson from 411 and uh it's like he's done like half of the shows the reviews yeah. for them so i haven't had to do uh was it 15 shows so far I, there's been a lot so i, I gotta get my yutaka yoshi damn it <laughs> he's been so bad sorry we're getting like way off yeah. tangent there um <laughs> So yeah, the uh, Mardi Gras. When this show started, they did the uh, Mustache Mountain Grizzled Young Vets thing. Like we've seen this before, but like in front of a new crowd, um, they would completely into all the the banter and the uh, and the comedy that they were doing. Really great start to the show. From that, they go to Osprey versus Haskins, which I that's always a good match, and it was phenomenal again. You had Haskins going after the injury, and and I went four and a quarter on this. It was a really good match. And then after that match was Ringkampf against uh, David Starr and Keith Lee. And that match was phenomenal as well. So it's like you come into this um, this show in front of what has been a much maligned crowd um, in the, uh, was it the Pontchartrain Centre? Like they, they seem to think the acoustics were, were bad, or so I've heard mm. from, from certain people. Um and they came out and just killed it like three like a match to heat the crowd up and then two like outstanding matches and i was sat here going like 
this this show's going to be a, an all timer. It's fucking incredible. We're three, <laughs> like three matches in, and and the worst match is like three and a half stars. And then they did the Thunder Bastard match, um, with a load of the American guys in there. Darby Allen who got a concussion, and uh, Chris Brooks, and the pacing of this match was an absolute disaster. It killed the show dead, and. Like half an hour later, they'd actually finally got to the the end of it, and it was just that was it. Show was dead. I just thought it was a very strange lineup to have eight guys. Only like five of them had ever been in progress, or three of them had ever been in progress before, and chucking guys out without a lot of explanation. Uh, it really it was, did not <laughs> somewhat work. Putting me off. It didn't work yeah. at all. I kind of wish I'd skipped it, uh, but obviously I reviewed it for, for Voices of Wrestling, uh, mm-hmm. so I had to sit through it and all, all the way through. I'm going like, ah, oh, this is just so long and uneven. And like it started off, they had all the guys come out like one after another with nothing happening. Then they did a bunch of fast eliminations, <laughs> and they had like a. MJF cut like a promo in the middle of it and I think that might have been just so Darby Allen could recover even though he got a concussion and never should have come back in the match uh, and yeah it took him like half an hour to get to Jeff Cobb winning and, but just oh it was terrible and yeah the mat, the show pretty much didn't recover from that except um, mm-hmm. there's a very very good match with uh, Pete Dunne Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster doing like a three-way um, babyface sprint, which the only problem with that is that Webster's a heel, um, but he just played babyface for this match <laughs> for some reason. It didn't really work, but then uh, it was a really good match because like Dunn and, yeah. and Andrews and Webster have all got that great chemistry with each other. So they just went out there, did 11 minutes, and it was it was great. Uh, but that was, that was pretty much it for the show in terms of good stuff. It was quite disappointing that it started so strong like with those first three matches i was like this this show is going to be phenomenal and then it just just fell completely off a cliff um now i need to find my notes for the other show <laughs> bourbon is also a biscuit, yeah. is also a biscuit. um <laughs> obviously walter versus zack saber jr was yes, the highlight match absolutely. of the weekend really for progress they, they they did some decent stuff on this but it was a little bit slower to get going so there's the first couple of matches were not really of any consequence. You had Osprey. Um, they actually did an intergender match. So yeah. Osprey and, and Kaylee Ray versus Austin Theory and Ginny was not just a mixed tag. It was like a proper intergender, which um, I felt a bit weird to start with. But um, like I've never had an issue with them with any company doing intergender. But it just seemed weird that that's how it was introduced. Just Will decided they were going to have an intergender match, so they did. And they did some fun stuff in this. They did a, like a voodoo doll thing where Kaylee Ray was controlled by a doll, and it was very light-hearted. And it was a way for Will to not like break his neck after <laughs> in every single yeah. Match he had weekend. like six of his seven matches this weekend were like him flipping onto his head. So uh, to have one where he just didn't have to yeah. um, was kind of good for him in his long-term health, so he doesn't end up paralyzed. Um, then they kind of the, the show picked up after that because he went into uh, they had Havoc, Haskins, and Flash against Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, and mm. David Starr. I know Joe Lanza was freaking out about this match. Oh, <laughs> such this was so much fun! Like this was like the the you know everything starts to pick up from here match. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'll just explain my favorite sequence in in the match. So you know, Flash does his whole like uh, hands up test of strength thing, and then headbutts his opponent. Mm-hmm. So he, he did that to, to Riddle, who either hasn't seen him wrestle or just doesn't care, uh, and he just took the spot. But David Starr, like as soon as like Flash does his hands in the air thing, David Starr just punched him in the mouth because he's seen him wrestle and he knows the spot. Yeah. <laughs> and then you had them do it again with Keith Lee. And Keith just completely no sells it. Like <laughs> looks at him like, "What was that?" <laughs> when he headbutts him, <laughs> that was the kind of level of fun that they did throughout the match, mm. and um, oh, it was it was real good fun. And then right on the back of that, they did Walter and and Zack Saber Jr. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the last two uh, of their matches. They had one in PWG last year that Dave Meltzer gave five stars to. I didn't think it was quite that good. Um, 
Then they had another match in Evolve in January, which I had pegged at four and a half. Um, so, but even with high expectations, I thought this match was better than both of those matches. I felt like they kind of got used to each other a bit more. And Sabre's performance in this was just phenomenal. Like when he came in, he was like, I'm the best wrestler in the world and I'm going to show you why. (laughs) And he kept slapping Volta in the face, just like, I'm going to slap him in the face. I don't care what happens. I'm going to slap you in the face. I'm going to weigh you down. And he was taking the chops and still being cocky and just coming back and, and trying something else. And, um, I just, it was an incredible match. Like the Sabers, uh, like his tactics, his aggression, his cockiness, and his skill combined, along with him running headlong into like Volta's offense and Volta's selling because like uh, Saber worked both his hands to try and eliminate the chops. Uh, the, the, it was like a perfect storm of professional wrestling, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they are the two guys right now. Them and Osprey really are kind of taking over the world of indie wrestling right now. Um, obviously, Sabre and Osprey more so in Japan, and Walton also in Europe. But in America, they do find these moments to shine in front of maybe a bigger audience. Um, and yeah, Walter versus ZSJ has always been a lot of fun. It, they know each other very well from WXW. Um, and they they always have those physical heated matches, so I'm not surprised to hear about the slaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but this was just fucking great. This might actually be my favourite match from all of the Mania weekend. Yeah, uh, it was that good. Excellent. I I've, I'm definitely going to check out some of these matches uh, when I spring for the demand progress next month. <laughs> uh, but I'm currently on a money saving spin to try and get to Japan next year. So <laughs> no, okay. Um. There's a high, there's a higher cause for my lax. Okay, so that that basically was the show because like once that had happened, you can't follow that. So there was two matches after that: uh, Grizzled Young Vets against Ricky Shane Page and Ethan Page, which was there, and Travis Banks against Jeff Cobb, which was all right. And yeah, um, yeah that you just couldn't follow it, and that's what you get in wrestling sometimes. You, if you put a match yeah. on and it's that good, you've got no chance afterwards. Yeah, it no chance. Doesn't necessarily have to be the title match at the end. No, no, this should have been the end of the show, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, you need to see this match, is what I'm saying. It's a fucking awesome. great match. So, following on from all that progress talk, let's have some more progress talk <laughs> uh, with Super Strong Style 16. Obviously, the uh, the flagship uh, event of their calendar, really, other than, obviously, the Wembley show coming up. This is their big three-day weekend, uh, much in the same vein as 16 Carat. Um, 16 men, one winner, one title shot. And out of the guys in the tournament, we've got Pete Dunne, Keith Lee, Zack Sabre Jr., Doug Williams, Angelico, Mark Andrews, Flash Morgan Webster, Chuck Mambo, Chris Brooks, Jordan Devlin, Joey Janela, TK Cooper, David Starr, Tyler Bate. The Grizzled Young Veterans, they get to pick which one of them. And Cassius Ono from NXT. Who do you see winning the tournament on? Uh, Tyler Bates. I honestly, I think they should have done this last year. Um, they didn't really know how to do the Travis Banks angle, so they probably just should yeah. have not done it. Um, and instead, they could have gone with Tyler uh, when he was still in British Strong Style. Then they, they could have had him turn face, go up against Pete Dunne to win the belt. And then you would have the um, the whole thing of Trent Seven not knowing who to side with, being caught in the middle of it. Uh, mm. It would have been interesting. The problem with the uh, British Strong Style stuff now is that they've sort of they ended their story and they did sort of like the leaving the territory angle, but they're still here. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's very awkward. Uh, but in this kind of tournament environment, that means less. And obviously, with Ono coming over, like it's almost like it doesn't even matter anymore. Like <laughs> they. Like, you can represent NXT in this tournament, and it doesn't really matter. So, I'm less worried about this tournament, but, like, going forward with a big six-month angle centred around British Strong Style, it might get tedious. No, I'm... This was... Well, last year I felt that's the angle I could have done. But, like, yeah. with um, with Tyler winning, I think he's basically... Of the guys that are in this tournament, he's available, he's incredibly talented, and they haven't done him as champion. Yeah, so, and they, they, yeah. 
they've look never at, really done him in a main event capacity. No, and they? he's he's great in singles, and he seems to get stuck in the uh, Mustache Mountain team now. They've kind of reunited them. I mean, I I do love that as a team, but he's losing out on these these opportunities. But he's still really young, so I can see why they've kind of let it go a little bit longer. Um, but if you look at the field, like how many other potential winners are there? You got Pete Pete Dunn, who's already held the belt. You got Keith Lee, who has already had title shots, um, and I'm not sure how much longer he's going to be around on the Indies for. Uh, you got Saber, um, who is based in Japan now and probably won't be on a lot of shows, so I can't see him winning. You've got Doug. I know they're doing a. I think it's a great angle that they're doing with Doug with the. Um, like one last shot that uh, interview that Glenn Joseph did with him I think they call it Tightrope I can't remember it's on their um, it's on their YouTube channel but um, that was a really good interview and it kind of set up the whole like one last go for Doug which is this but I can't see him winning the tournament because then like where do you go from there and Helico I don't think is over enough um Mark Andrews has got the feud with Eddie Dennis, so that'll obviously knock him out of the tournament. Flash, maybe, but he just had a, like a kind of a nothing title shot that nobody cared about. Uh, Chuck Mambo is in there um, as like a, a gutsy, uh, like academy guy comes good spot, which um, I love Chuck, but like he ain't going to win. Chris Brooks, maybe? Uh, Devlin, who's hardly been in progress, I can't see that happening. Janella is an import. We're not really sure, like, how many people are going to be that in love with him. TK, maybe. Uh, Star, maybe. Tyler, I think, is a definite for the, at least the, the final four. And Chris Hero is like, he's not going to win, is he? <laughs> you've made it. You've made a compelling argument on. Um... One person I'm really disappointed not to see in the tournament is Mark Davis, because he had the killer match of Walter, and Walter's going for the Progress title. I just feel like that could have been something they could have been setting up, even if Davis didn't win, at least start to push him as more of a main event commodity, because he's clearly ready for it, he's clearly on that level. So I'm a bit disappointed that they have chosen to select some of those guys who are more on the fringe, like I... I don't get the Doug Williams thing at all. Um, maybe because I didn't like watch him. Yeah, you're in the probably prime you're probably career. too young to get the the Doug Williams <laughs> thing. To be fair, but I think enough people um, will get it that it'll be good. Yeah, and Chuck Mambo, like I really don't like seeing him in here because he's just he's never been on the shows. So why should I care about him? Like it just it just seems like such a a random person to put in like if they'd been using him on the shows for like the last six months and this is his shot a bit like sexsmith in last year's tournament he's been in a couple of shows but maybe not enough yeah he's not had anything to sink his teeth into nothing like he's not been featured like he was in the the comedy jobber eight man went on the snow day when nobody else turned up <laughs> like but that's kind of a level that this could in. be the start of something for him like um he yeah. might fluke a pin on somebody and then you've got like a there's a feud for the next like three months and also like could you imagine if come G1 time when they're announcing the blocks and they sort of shot a split graphic with Evil and Sonata in the same slot and they say oh they get to decide between them who's in like <clears throat> just say Gibson <laughs> <laughs> why not <laughs> I don't know I really don't know. That is I, the I one that, that. I mean, one. I didn't even mention it because I don't know who's going to be the guy out of those two. I mean, Gibson's yeah. been in it before, so presumably Gibson, but then. Because Gibson, I could see winning it because now that he is WWE UK, you know, he's shown how good he is for such a long time. I could see him going all the way now. I could see Gibson winning it, which is why it's probably going to be Drake. Yeah, <laughs> like in the first round. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't like to uh, to crap upon the booking here, but the, when assembling the field for a tournament, it's not just putting together like guys who are exciting. Because obviously, like Pete Dunn, like anyone yeah, would love to have Pete Dunn in. The it's tournament. a very good field, but I just don't feel like it's a cohesive field. Like it's a great list of names. Yeah, but like uh, uh, these 
guys actually have any shot at winning here. Is... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you look at the people who are actually likely to win, it's a very short list, which is not good for getting yourself hyped up for the tournament because you're like, well, you know. But then I, I said Travis Banks was going to win like two months before um, Strong Style last year, and that's what happened. It was. I think everyone was saying that was what was going to happen. Yeah, just that was felt that like was more issue. on the nose than this is. So <laughs> they've at least upped it from last year, but um. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Yeah, Cassius Ono being in there is obviously the big newsworthy item. Uh, what do we think about that and obviously where the WWE relationship is going? Um, well, they've had um, matches on Axis, uh, didn't yeah. they? So it's... I don't know. I honestly have no idea where it's going because you'd think if they were going to do something where they were like a feeder, like an official feeder promotion like to NXT then they'd have probably have done that by now. It, it just kind of feels like there's an affiliation there and it's loose and that's what it'll be mm. forever. <laughs> yeah, we've sort of been talking about it for like over a year now and nothing has really come of it. So yeah, difficult to know what to make of it. Um... And I, I don't think you should read too much into like uh, Ono being used because uh, PCW used Apollo Crews recently and... Yeah. Nobody's talking about PCW being um, potentially uh, on the network. It's just something where they rang him up and went, can we borrow him? Yeah. <laughs> we're like, all right. And these guys at WWE don't have like any bigger plans for uh, who can drop a fall, no problem. They are more willing to give them away. Yeah, I, I wish they'd kind of gone for somebody different because like Hero's done it before. Um, it's the same when they have like Jack Gallagher back or uh, they had Tommy End once like a couple of months after he signed. It's like, if you have that relationship, is it possible to do something else with it? Do something a bit more unpredictable? I don't know. But then I don't so, yeah. know what it's like. So. We're not we're not wholly up on the tournament lineup. I, I think probably the most interesting match of the weekend we'll produce is Travis Banks versus Walter. Because that is champion versus champion. Walter has been the de facto main champion of Progress for quite a while now, just because he's come across as just such a bigger deal. Mm. He had the main event against Timothy Thatcher. Like it, this, almost feels like Banks is challenging Walter more than well, Walter's challenging. Walter has overwhelmed um, Travis's run because he's been that constant figure on the mm. on the undercards where. He's been having match of the night. He's been the standout performer on every show. Um, but I really don't know where they're going with it here. With the, I mean, are they doing the Atlas title away? I I really hope they pull the trigger on Walter as champion because that's basically what he's been already. So yeah. why not just make it official? He should be the main eventing the Wembley show. They've got to start thinking. Like I'm sure they are thinking about what's going to go on last at Wembley, but it can't just be a twee, you know, WWE match, like Dunn versus Bait or whatever. I feel like it needs to be something storyline significant. Yeah. And I just don't see Travis Banks headlining that show. I just don't think it's going to happen. No, neither do I. So yeah, I hope uh, Walter wins as well. Nothing against Travis, like Travis, yeah. <laughs> lovely guy with both spoken yeah, and to. And it has been a good, it has been a good reign for Banks. I would say, like he has had good matches. Um, well, that's but it the just one thing you really, it hasn't really gone the way that they wanted it to. The one thing you're guaranteed from this tournament is good matches because you look yeah. at the people that are in it, and the matches are going to be great because those are just is a phenomenal field of talent. It's just when we're looking at who could potentially win it and. Like, why would they? It's it's hard to pick people out. I'm sure they'll, mm. they'll look at the list and go that they they think they've assembled like a really good field for this, but you can see why other people think not. 
Yeah, I just, I just can't see the excitement building over the three days. It's like, who's going to win? Who's going to win? Like, we're not going to be all huddled around the board on Sunday being like, or on Bank Holiday Monday. Oh, not even, like we being did like, with um, WXW with the uh, 16 carat where we're trying to make a case for all the semi-finalists and we're like, oh, they could all win. Yeah, like if Angelico makes it to the semi-finals, we're not going to be like huddled around thinking he's going to main event Wembley. I'm more excited to see what matches get thrown up like, yeah, because there should be some really like off the wall stuff going on. Definitely, yeah. Uh, much like the WrestleMania weekend, they have a good chance here to mix and match some guys and some guys who maybe they won't be able to use um, in a year's time. <laughs> like uh, they'll be able to make some interesting matchups here. Obviously, Zack Saber Junior. He's heading off to Japan more often now than he was before, like in, with New Japan full time. Uh, Keith Lee, we don't really know what his future is. Oh no, we're only getting him for a weekend. So, like, this is an excellent opportunity to throw in Jordan Devlin, Tyler Bate, Pete Dunne, and, like, prove Europe's best against these these big international stars. Yeah, I think the, the latter stages of this tournament are going to be pretty loaded. I don't know who's yeah. going to be in it exactly, but um, if you have guys like Pete Dunne, Keith Lee, Zack Sabre Jr., these are world beaters. Yeah, I'm just frustrated that Mark Davis isn't in there because... He's kind of proven himself in progress, and he's one of their more interesting characters. You have to wait for it to and... play out. <laughs> of course, of course. And also, we've got uh, Tony Storm versus Charlie Morgan for the women's title. That's kind of just building to their Manchester show, because yeah. we know Ginny's getting the title shot there, and that'll be Storm versus Ginny, because of course it will. Yeah, I mean, that's what they've been building towards pretty much ever since yeah. Tony won the belt, so I think they'd have probably done it here if Ginny hadn't got injured but obviously they need a big uh, lineup for uh, the Victoria Warehouse show so it's ended up there instead and to me, you don't really need a big uh, women's match on this, this weekend it should be a good match because uh, Charlie Morgan's really good it's a chance for her to get um, more attention uh, she's, yeah, she's had like a bad run in progress right since she began so this is a much better chance for her to stand out yeah. in a singles match rather than in all these weird, weird wacky tag matches she's been put into uh, of course she's doing that like the day after she headlines your call so yeah big weekend for her I say headlines like I'm really not expecting that to go on last on the <laughs> do we want to talk about wrestling queendom or do we have any hot takes um I'm going to it uh there's a lot of people I know that are going to it I think the the, the hottest take is that some communication should have happened between Progress and Eve. They're mm. running a show on the same day in the same city and uh, Progress are not going to finish in time for people to go to That really is a disaster. <laughs> so people are actually going to leave Progress early to go to Eve. That is, it's a bad look on both of them really for not being able to organise anything there. And if... Progress are looking at it and going like, um, oh, Eve isn't a draw. Like, no one's going to go to that. You've got Mako Satamora on that show. You've got Arja Kong. Uh, these are draws for, for like the hardcore smarky smarks that uh, are going to be going to Super Strong Style. It's like, they're going to want to go see that. Yeah, just bring your earmuffs. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, you're going to have people leaving before the show finishes the first night yeah and i might actually have a word with somebody about it because i'm just like you're gonna have a lot of people leaving it's gonna look bad yeah you you know if walter versus banks is gonna be like a big moment for you you don't want a half empty arena because everyone's pissed off to go see Kong. if you only had to attend one show which would you attend queendom or night one of progress well there's two more nights of progress so i, I would go to eve um yeah <laughs> I, i'm going to uh both shows but i will have to leave strong style early to go to eve that's just the way it is it's wacky yeah it's very wacky it's one way or the other you can either finish progress and go late or mm. leave early and because you don't want to miss like if they put arja kong on first then you've missed arja kong mm. They'll probably put their political rally on first, though, so... <laughs> <laughs> You'll be okay, I think. And then it's off to the Dundee Arms, so um, that, that's day one sorted. And I'm going to Fight Club Pro the night before, so it's it's a proper weekender. 
I, I definitely hope you have a good time. I may well be joining you as well. I need to sort my week out and my life out, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have one more topic to talk about, and it's WXW True Colors, because Walter and Ilya Dragunov had a collision. It was very good, and we need to talk about it. We certainly do. Um, so, the, the match itself was obviously phenomenal. The The quality of the wrestling in this, I thought, was at least on a par with the, the final of Carrot from last year. Um, emotionally, I don't think it was on the same level. Um, but it did help that it was in uh, Ilya's uh, hometown. So he did have that crowd support. And Volta really beat the shit out of him here. Oh yeah, Walter healing it up made this match a lot different to the, the 16 carat final and uh, the championship match from last month. Like, I felt this was m- m- certainly not more physical, but just like that kind of twinge of hatred, I guess, that wasn't there last year. Yeah, and he, like Dragunov was barely healed up from uh, from this year's carrot. It was yeah, he was, he, he was just hitting the same wounds uh. from earlier. <laughs> Awful, awful visual. I've always said this is like an ideal pair, these two, because you've got Volta who can dish it out like absolutely nobody else in the world in in terms of how violent his offense is. And then you've got Ilya Dragunov who can take abuse like nobody else in the world. So it's a great pairing. And their chemistry, I think, is getting a little better. So we might actually end up at some day having a better match than this, Mm. which is astonishing to think. Yeah. I mean, Dragunov's just like, his comebacks don't feel forced, they don't feel Super Cena-esque. Like, he literally goes through hell, walks through hell, yeah. and that's his character, and it, it feels natural that he is able to come through on the other side and still beat Walter, uh, despite just getting the living shit kicked out of him in the match. So this kind of creates an issue, though, and this is what I wanted to talk about, about uh, Ilya. Yeah. Like, the, his style of wrestling is where he, he ends up basically physically destroying himself every time he competes mm. to the point where like he struggles to move after the, the, the matches. He's, he really is that beaten up. Um, he said to us in a, in a press conference, that is his aim in a wrestling match. Like if he doesn't feel that, if he doesn't feel like he's taken a, like a real savage beating, then he doesn't feel like he's done his job. As champion... He's basically your touring main event, whereas before he was more of a special attraction down the card. Which so the question that I've got for you is, can he actually keep it up? Because he needs to be like healthy, but at the same time he feels he needs to put in this level of performance. It's it's always a worry, yeah. I mean, you look at Bishop Arthur style, um, what happened to him. It's of course a worry, but like you just got to let him do it. Like he is such an incredible performer because he lays it all on the line. They've stuck the title on him because he is the most compelling guy they have, and it's not like he's killing himself in every. Like he had the six-man tag on Shotgun where he's just like playing it up and having fun with it, and <laughs> I think probably didn't take a single bump in the entire match. So it's not like he needs to have more matches like that because. He's just just getting destroyed out there. And I think if he can save it for just these big matches, like twice a year maybe, where he just gets pummeled, I'm okay uh, with that. Well, they had a bit of an issue. So the tour uh, kind of continued on after uh, True Colors, and there were like another two shows, I think, that he wasn't on, that he was supposed to be on. And like he made special appearances, but he couldn't wrestle. Yeah. Because he wasn't medically cleared. And, um, well, they've always had this sort of part-time contract with him. I guess he's yeah, but he he's, he's the champ now. If and when, yeah, he is the champ. And this this isn't WWE. You can't do the Brock Lesnar thing. Like if mm. you're the champion in WXW, that's that's a yeah. big. And they've told us all about that as well. Like you got to be the main man on the poster. You got to be in the main event. Yeah, but do you want to lose that specialness that is Dragonall? Well, no, no, I don't. So that leads me to a second <laughs> question, which is. Do you see it being a long title reign? Well, they're rematching uh, superstars, uh, so I could see, I could definitely see Walter beating him there because Dragonov beating Walter four times in a row seems unlikely. 
and obviously Walter's the big name internationally, and so if he's carrying the ti- he's lost the tag team title, so if he he's carrying the big title around to make to go to America or wherever, you know that's free advertising for them. So I I I definitely see it ending as soon as next weekend. Which <laughs> <laughs> would be unfortunate because like the the earlier story has been it's just been so well told that it yeah. to have him just come into the main event here and have this run of what two months and then it'd be be all over it just that would feel so anticlimactic it's a tough decision it really is mm. like booking it wrestling is not easy <laughs> especially when it's you know someone like this someone who is such a talented wrestler but in a special situation like they took him out of all their shows for two months just to hit that big title win home mm. like <laughs> you you can clearly see um the jacobean style of booking <laughs> i've always wanted to say that take takes risks you know yeah. like you've got to use these guys in the best way possible so that means for some of them use them every night on the undercard but for dragonov you know it's it's a special case so <laughs> well, he's a special wrestler it's very difficult yeah. to to do what he does yeah. If this was someone else, I'd say, yeah, definitely he's got to change his style or, uh, you know, only use him on the undercard or whatever. It kind of does feel like the, the Shibata parallels are there. You just hope that it doesn't end the same way Shibata did. Yeah, no, I hope not, because uh, he's just phenomenal. Great guy. Yeah. Just phenomenal again. Like and three yeah. times. <laughs> <laughs> Walter Dragonov Bad Bones is my favourite match so far this year, and this is number two, so... <laughs> <laughs> It just looks like I've copied the same match twice on my big match of the year list. <laughs> yeah, I don't start ranking things until the end of the year because I kind of want to um, let it sink in, which was more important in the long yeah. run of things, you know? But yeah, both of these matches, this the, the singles match from True Colors and the, the triple threat from uh, Carrot were just great, great matches. Yeah. Anything else on this show you really want to talk about? Obviously... Marius Alani versus Absolute Andy continues as like the secondary feud yeah. um, from the top with Andy, great visual of him getting his contract yeah. back for winning 16 characters. I've actually got that um, right in front of me now. <laughs> it's that picture of him on top of the ladder. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, this it, this one took a while to get going. It was very, you know, walkie brawly, but the strength of the characters saw it through and by the end, like there was some proper drama going on here. Part of my, I, I was starting to have issues with this match as it was developing. Yeah. Because, like, you had um, Alani, I don't like him being a ninja. Um, <laughs> he has turned into Mr. Some Bullshit, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but when he pulled the fan out, I was like, Ooh, yeah. oh, yeah. It's a bit too much. Although he did kick Andy's ass with it, and I was kind of impressed with it. Mm. I, I think he. Like if he drops the Mister No Bullshit moniker entirely and just leans into the ninja stuff like that, you can sell that. It kind of reminds me of Kazushi Sakuraba. Like he's an ass kicker, but he also is a is a dweeb and like has fun with it. So I, if he can lean into that more and away from Mister No Bullshit stuff, like pick I, one or the other. I think the problem is it, that this can work. That he thinks he's like looking really badass, and everyone else thinks he looks yeah, like a dog. Yeah, he looks like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's okay to look like an idiot, but yeah, you can't sell it as, oh, I'm using my ninja skills on you. Yeah. Although he did some pretty cool stuff in this, like the climbing yeah. up the ladder with his uh, hands taped behind his back. That well, that was special. Yeah. <laughs> the sp- it was terrifying. I was like, he's oh, he's gonna fall. <laughs> he's just you can't climb without your hands surely and and andy is doing special stuff with his character right now yeah. like even with like the walking brawl stuff it was compelling because he is your dar and you want to beat him well like <laughs> just everyone is against him i've been saying you this see him get knocked off the head of the table i've been saying this all along but i always felt that al annie should have been the one to turn and while it it has hurt him that he didn't turn andy turning has massively amplified his yeah. character he's come out of this the absolute winner not only just winning this match which was great by the way but also uh with his character change he's just come out of this like such a winner 
yeah, it's it's been it's been a bit of a shock really, just how well he's doing. Like obviously winning carrot is a big deal. Um, but yeah, he's really like the focal point of their storylines right now, and he's being able to carry it, which you wouldn't have even f- dreamt of seven months ago, before the turn. Like you would have thought, ah, he's he's you know he's on his, on his way down the card, and now he's shot right up. He's like an and, old comedy know. guy who was good in a tag team, but yeah, um... and yeah, he's all over the timeline now. And speaking of like looking like a dork but selling it really well, Andy, like <laughs> he's he's. He's kind of a comedy character still, but he's just selling it so well. Like it's it's really good stuff. Uh, I like the sunglasses and the uh, the towel and the whole. Yeah. You you just want to supplant him at the head of a table. Like he's he's the guy. He's your dad cutting, uh, carving the turkey at Christmas, and it's time for Alani <laughs> to take over the mantle. Yeah, but, but he's not there. Yeah, he's not. So you know that they've taken me on this journey. I'm fully on board and. It's kind of a surprise just how well it is working. Speaking of journeys, they did a lot of stuff with Rise on this show. Oh, yeah. That was kind of surprising (laughs) to me because I did not expect them to go in this direction this quickly. Well, with the Klinger stuff and him getting suspended, they have just kind of hit fast forward here. I feel like this was always kind of the end goal, but after months and months. But obviously, without... Bad Bones, you can't really work it. So they have just decided, yeah, this is what we're going for now. We are going to make a boy band. <laughs> I really like the whole uh, pointing thing where they, they pointed yeah. higher because um, yeah. like Bounce is going to take them down. higher. And <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just looked at that and was like, yeah, but it's Pete Bouncer. The trouble with this is like he's gotten so over and I think everyone has forgotten that he's not a very good wrestler. Look, if if the six man that Ilya was in on Shotgun, the it was um, Bouncer, Kid, and Kiev versus Lex and Dragonov on Shotgun, Bouncer was really good in that. I think just being more over and having the more, more confidence, it's gonna help him a lot. Like oh, he's sure. never gonna be an Ilya Dragonov or a Walter, but I think he can like, especially with the Mac, who we know is again not the best wrestler on the roster, but he can sell these, like, heavy story matches as he did against Bobby Guns last year. I think they can do some really cool stuff with that feud. Um, and yeah, his abs are lovely. <laughs> so, it's it's funny how, um, like, we notice his abs more, like, all wrestlers, this is, you know, you, you're gonna have to indulge me here, all wrestlers, like, um, shirtless for the most part, but because they all wear their tracksuits, it means more when he under undoes his tracksuit and like oh look at Pete Bouncer's lovely abs like <laughs> yeah. it, like it's just that those layers of meaning they can even do that with a tracksuit like that's how much thought they've put into this Rise stuff yeah uh, I I still say the the big winner of the the whole Rise angle is Lucky Kid yeah he just main evented a show against Zack Sabre yeah. Jr. for them so he they're gonna take him far and like now that they are the babyface boy band, uh, he's gonna have to do the heavy lifting work rate work rate wise. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Try yeah. saying that five times, and he's more than up for the task. Well, he's the outstanding wrestler in the in the group now, which is, I mean, imagine saying that same time last year. It's like here's here's this this bunch of guys. Um, oh, by the way, Lucky Kid's gonna be like the man out of this these guys in yeah. a year. You... And I feel like that was always the point of Rise in the first place, they wanted to find some new stars yeah. for them, and like we said la- this time last year pretty much, if they, even only one of those guys hits, it will have been worth it because, you know, it just throw everything at the wall to see what sticks, and Lucky Kid has certainly stuck, he's, but he's then the so stuck, has Pete yeah. Bouncer. Like, m- maybe not in the most traditional work rate way, but Pete Bouncer is doing really good stuff. I Like, he, he's the guy on the roster I'm probably most excited to see, because <laughs> We haven't seen him very often, and he he's going to do something new. And if he does shit the bed, he shits the bed. But, you know, he's earned this opportunity to be in important matches now. I keep having to put over CMJ, but, like, his booking of this whole angle has been superb. I was totally against the idea of a, a big heel group. And the yeah. way he's... And it, for the first couple of months, it was kind of crap. Oh, it's bullshit. But... <laughs> bullshit finishes. I hated it. Yeah, but they've turned it around so so well. It's been the inter, 
the the relationships internally within yeah. the group. It's the the way that they played it all out has has been oh, it's been sublime. I mean, we keep putting WXW over as being like the best promotion in Europe, but it's solely because of the they take little and make a lot out of it. Whereas some of the British promotions are taking a lot and not giving us a lot back. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, they are using these guys who aren't very well known internationally. And they just said, yeah, we'll spend a few months building their characters up and make you care about them. And it's been that sort of team effort that's gotten them to this point where they can... Like, it's not just on the individual wrestlers to get themselves over. It has been a collective effort so even like playing to the strengths like pete bouncer isn't the best wrestler in the world but he has got very good facial expressions and has sold this angle brilliantly it carried him through the winter and now he's in a position where he maybe can have good matches because he's gotten over he's got that character down and we know exactly who he is so it's, it's exciting that they can turn the jobber of the group into maybe a potential star as we'll see I thought this is a really strong card, like all the way through. Um, which a complaint about uh, WXW over the the past few years is that while their booking has been really good, the I wouldn't I'm not going to say the work rate, but the standard of the wrestling on the shows yeah. has not been at the same level as uh, like Progress or Rev Pro. But the yeah. the standard of this of this show, top to bottom, was really strong. Yeah, again the. As we said, RevPro at the start, their show was only six matches long and it was all killer no filler. It was kind of the same here. Um, maybe not to the same extent, but every match had a purpose, you feel. Um, like there was no just matches for the sake of it and everything was driving the story forward. Yeah. And tag titles. We need to talk about tag titles as well. Yes. <laughs> Monster Consulting, the boys did it. Our guys in uh, Monster Consulting. That was a, a super match as well. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure I was as high on it as as that, but yeah, it was good fun to start off the show. Um, I maybe would have preferred it if it was just their Mandela X. I thought maybe JFK were a bit superfluous, but uh, yeah, I understand uh, why they were on there. Um, but yeah, a very hot closing stretch as well, and MC are gonna have a very good reign here. They, they've sort of fallen into the championship position by default, but now they can sort of prove why they have mm. it. I love what they've done with them because when they first kind of threw them together as part of the Cerberus reunion, it was like, oh, well, Nero's going to have to do something with his gimmick because he can't be a, a consultant with, with Avalanche. That's just stupid. And instead of changing Nero, they changed Avalanche, which I never would have thought of doing that. It kind of works, though, and Avalanche has thrown himself into it on Twitter and, like, really embraced it and... Kind of like CCK last year, it sort of feels like sort of um, they've made this gimmick sort of uh, more than wrestling. Like um, they've made it feel like a, a fully fledged brand of theirs, um, which is a very good thing. Like they clearly took a page out of CCK's book in order to do that. Sell some merch. Definitely, it's the name of the game. <laughs> T-shirt salesman. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, um, like I said, top top show from WXW and considering we gave them promotion of the year last year and they weren't delivering to this standard on their I wouldn't Mm. wouldn't say smaller shows but like shows that weren't Carrot and Tag League uh, this bodes well oh definitely obviously Supercells of Wrestling coming up is sort of we joke that it's like the one day of the year that we don't have to like WXW (laughs) but even this card isn't too bad because it's got Ilya Walter um, and also Tony Storm versus FKA Emma is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it'll be any good. I don't know if it'll be really good, but it'll be fun, I think, <laughs> certainly. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's usually a fun show. It isn't necessarily always a good show. At least Buff Bagwell is not at this year. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any other takes on WXW or otherwise, or should we wrap this one up? No, I think we're pretty much bang on an hour, so that would be a good, uh, yeah. good exit. Yeah, definitely. We, we've covered a lot. There's a lot of shows coming up as well, obviously. Next time we're here, we'll be reviewing Super Strong Style 16 and hopefully previewing uh, Epic Encounter with Ishii versus Keith Lee 2. 
shall we do some plugs on uh you can read uh reviews of mine over at rearviewreviews.com uh i've just covered all of champion carnival well not all of it because like i got someone else to do half of it but um yeah that's that's been uh, fun um you can follow me on twitter at arnold furious you can follow me at another Ollie. I'm going to be reviewing that True Colors show as soon as I get over my crippling writer's block. <laughs> I've already reviewed it. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Go to review reviews, but then also come back to Voices of Wrestling <laughs> <laughs> for my reviews. <laughs> um, and also read my Euronotes in F4W. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Sweet. We will see you next time. Super Strong Style 16, Epic Encounter. It's a big time of year, so make sure you tune in. I'll see you at the wrestling. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.